So we're in the second week of this new teaching series, The Face of God, where we're collectively going on this journey and asking the question, if only we could see the face of God, if only we could hear his voice, if only we could see what he was doing, then that would give us a glimpse, a glimmer into understanding this God that we worship. And more than that, knowing that we're created by that God, what our purpose is, and maybe even smaller and more simple than that, how we just live our everyday lives. And here's the beauty of the scriptures that we read and of the gospels that we know is that we can find the face of God because it's found in the face of Jesus. It's found in the person of Jesus. So we want to, over these few weeks, we want to stop and we want to stare. We want to gaze into the face of Jesus and see what we can find. And I want to suggest today that we can find love, that when we stare into the face of Jesus, we find an unending unboundaried love and we're all going to have a different relationship with that word love we're all going to see it in different ways and and that's partly the problem it's an elusive word it means different things to different people at different times it's it's the top drawer next to my desk which I shove all sorts of things into and ram closed and here's the thing I love Nando's I absolutely love Nando's I can't get enough of the stuff this is a very hard time for me as you can imagine I love reading Harry Potter I never did that as a child I'm jumping on the bandwagon now and I'm loving it I love my wife Jo I adore her but I love Jesus I love all of those things but you'd hope that they all have different levels of love they all mean different things although on my dark days Nando's does give the rest of them a run for their for their money love means different things to different people at different times We talk about being in love. We talk about falling in love. We talk about love at first sight. We talk about love in terms of relationships. And I want to take you back 11 years to when I first met my now wife, Jo. It certainly wasn't love at first sight. In fact, it was love over Facebook Messenger. So if you have a look on the screen, you're going to see this. It says, this is me, Nottingham, um, uni days. Um, It's 2009, September of 2009. Hey, Jo. Sorry I didn't come and say hi yesterday, big regret. I could swear I saw you in Oceana last week, big club in Nottingham. Well, hopefully again tonight, dot, 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 exclamation mark, kiss, kiss. Short, to the point, clear, a little bit flirty, see what happens. So this is Joe's response. Hey, that's okay. End of church is always a mass brawl of people saying hello to each other. Have you had a good week? Yeah, I was there and will be again tonight, double header for Joe. I've heard that quite a few of the vineyard lot are going, that's the church we're part of. Hopefully see you there. Certainly not love at first sight, but here's the thing. Don't knock it, small beginnings, we're very much in love now. And you can find love in the strangest of places. And we're going to focus in on one story in the Gospel of John. It's a smooth segue, I know, I think you'll agree. In John 13, which is where Jesus shows us ultimately what love is, what it looks like to love well. And he focuses in on this story with his disciples And we're going to just uncover a little bit more about what love really looks like. So turn with me to John 13. It's going to come up on the screen and let's read this together. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. 
he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realise now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not every one of them was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. It's a really simple story in many ways, and there's probably lots that we could get from it, but I want to just share two really simple thoughts. The first is this, and it's really simple. Jesus loves you. You are loved, and you are loved by Jesus. Because here's the thing, and here's what's demonstrated in um, this story. If you or I came home from a busy day and we had our sweaty trainers on and took off our socks and someone offered to clean our feet and wash our feet, that would be gross enough. But it's a whole other level of what's going on right now in this story. They would have been wearing sandals, they would have been walking around in the dirt, in the muck, in the sewage, in all of the things that were around them in that day and they would have picked it all up on their feet and come home and the slave or the servant would have um, knelt down at the feet of the master, of the person whose house it was. And by way of saying welcome home, they would have untied the sandals. They would have washed off the dirt, washed off the muck so that they were clean when they were home. It was a horrible task. It was a task by a servant. It was a task done by a slave. And Jesus, not only figuratively, but is literally going down beneath the level of his disciples and saying, let me do this for you. This is what it looks like for me to demonstrate to you how much I love you. The kindredness of their relationship is demonstrated in this really, really profound moment. So much so that it's uncomfortable for some of them. Peter's like, no, no, please don't do that. Are you really going to do this? And he's saying, you have no part with me if you don't let me do this. For some of us, we need to hear right now, in this moment, maybe above all other moments, that you are loved. The reason I say above all other moments is because if you're anything like me, this has probably been a season of life where you've realised some of the unlovable parts of you. You've, you've never been so frustrated with other people. You've never been so frustrated with your kids. You've never been so frustrated with your neighbours. All of this stuff is such a frustrating time where you realise there are bits of you that you really don't love. And God's saying, I love you. I love you in and amongst all of that stuff. And it gets better and it gets more challenging than that. Because as he said to Peter, unless you let me do this, unless you let me wash your feet, unless you let me truly love you, get to the most vulnerable parts of you, you have no part of me. You have no part of doing life with me. 
And this is the challenge for so many of us is we need to hear again, not just so that we feel good about ourselves, but so that we can let the presence of God into our lives afresh. We need to hear that we are loved. Despite all of that stuff, despite the things that we find so frustrating about ourselves, we need to hear that we are loved. You are loved. For some, it's the 10,000th time you've heard that and you need to hear it again today. For others, it's the first time you heard that. Like Pete said last week, you you have this image in your mind of, of a God who is judgmental, who is out to get you. And I want to suggest that what we see in the person of Jesus is a God who loves you because he loves you because he loves you. That is the God that we worship that is seen in the person of Jesus. That's the first thing is that you are loved. And here's the second is that we're called to love others. And it's this incredible picture that Jesus is demonstrating to us of what it looks like to do it. We have been done to by God and therefore we must go and do to others. He has washed our feet and so we need to go figuratively or otherwise and go and wash the feet of others, of our neighbours, of our friends, of our family, of our colleagues, of whoever else that we're in contact with right now. We need to go and wash their feet. And here's the problem. It's really hard for us to grapple with what that looks like right now because we can't go and do anything physical. We can't do some of the ministries we used to do. We can't see some of the people we used to go and see. And so I think what God's doing is he's challenging us. Be creative. How do you serve the city right now? How do you untie the sandals, take them off and wash away the dirt to show as an act of love that they are loved by God? How do we do that? And I'm not going to give you loads of answers because it's really context specific. It's so specific to you and your neighbours and your family and your friends. But here's the challenge that I felt over these last few weeks is that I found myself getting really busy. I found myself putting my head down. I found myself getting wrapped up in our family with the kids and all of that kind of stuff. And it's as if God's been saying, do you not realise this is what I'm asking of you? is to lift up your head, to look left and to the right and see those that I have put in your way. You are to go and love them. And here's the shameful thing or the the thing I found so hard over the last few weeks is so much of the time I found that our neighbours are doing that so much better to us and with us than I've been able to do to them and with them. Our neighbours have brought over Easter eggs for um, our little girl. They've um, We've had neighbours come and bring us hot cross buns and lay them at the um, at the, our doorstep and then just run away and that's what it's looked like to love us right now and I've suddenly come to this realisation I don't know what it looks like to love my neighbours and I've had to go on a hard journey of saying God help me in the creativity not just the creativity but even the imperative to go and do it and I think for many of us some of us are incredible at serving our neighbours and we've got so much to learn from you And some of us have got wrapped up in our own worlds and we need to lift our heads and not just talk about reckless generosity as a functional way of giving to something beyond any circumstance that's near us, but instead to inhabit that circumstance yourself and to love well, but to love safely and to love within all the boundaries that we are being asked to do that right now. For some of us, that looks really challenging. For some of us, we've got so much to learn from you. You are loved by Jesus. God loves you. God loves you. And you and I, we're called to go and love others, to go and demonstrate that love as well as we possibly can with as much authenticity and the reality of what it looks like to do that well. 
So whatever you need to do right now, we're going to respond. In a moment, we're going to respond in communion, but we're going to respond in, in ministry by just asking that the Holy Spirit would come and meet us right now, that he would energize creativity, that he would affirm his love for us, that we would know that deeply right now. So whatever you need to do, if you need to just sit and open yourself up physically with your hands, if you need to close your eyes, if you need to stand up, because that's what it looks like for you to engage, do that right now. And Lord, I just pray, would you come by your spirit? Come and fill every room, every home, every space right now, every person who's watching this. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, first and foremost, would we know that we're loved? Not for just our sake, but because you say that we can have no part of you until we know what it looks like to have our feet washed, until we know what it looks like for the saviour of the world to kneel down at our feet and untie our sandals and wash away the dirt and the muck. Lord, would we know that we're loved. And again, for many of us, I imagine what's going on right now is, is that, yeah, I'm loved, but, yeah, I'm loved, but this, yeah, I'm loved, but that. Present them to the Lord afresh now and just say, Lord, I know that my imperfections get in the way at least of my perception of how you love me. But Lord, would you come and meet me? Come and meet me, affirm in me your love that you have for me. And again, for others of us, we need to know what it looks like to love those around us right now. Either we're tired and exhausted, which is ironically how I think many of us feel in this moment where we're actually just in our houses. And you need to have that inspiration of how we do this well. And for others, it's like you just don't even know where to start. And Lord, I pray by your spirit, would you come and bring creativity Come and give us pockets of time, little moments where we can just reflect and ask that you would inspire in us how we serve those around us. Holy Spirit, come, fill us afresh. <laughs>